With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Welcome, Talk Show audience. You are joining a service already in progress. All right, talk show audience, we are now on. Glory to God. Thank you. Uh, call somebody if it's not coming in clear. Um, you may call Arissa's number if it's not coming in clear, and she'll let me know. Praise the Lord. Well, thank God for air conditioning in this house. We want to thank Robert and the entire household. Uh, for opening the doors here and for allowing us to meet in this place. Uh, the hotel where we were at is having a meeting today there, so we're not unable to be there. But last week we had a celebration. Uh, Juliana and Manny are going to have a boy, and they noised it abroad on that day as well. And uh, they passed out cupcakes with a surprise inside. They said, hey, we're having a boy. And it was pretty neat. And they also um, celebrated my birthday at that time as well. So we're thankful everything that occurred that day. And, you know, we had a meeting at 10 o'clock today, and we discussed some vital things as to where we're going and what we're about to do. And our prayer, we prayed. We prayed the will of God. Romans 4.17 says, And calling those things which be not as though they were. We come into agreement with God and begin to declare and to call in to existence the things that we know are God's will. See, God is in heaven seated at the right hand, and Jesus is seated at the right hand of God, the Father. The Father seated, completed his work, the, the, the Father and the Son completed they, their work. Jesus sits and makes intercession for us. How does he make intercession for us? Not only does he call out your name before God, but it, the very act, his very act, action, uh, pro- proclaims that he already did the work. We are recipients of the work that Jesus has completed. Amen? 
we are the recipients of all the work that Jesus has already completed. They, they had a king's chair right there. Somebody can get that one right there. And, no? And so, we have a... And so we have a manifestation. Be strong, for the Lord thy God is with you. Now watch. And so we have, yes, never be negative. Yes, always nod. Don't do this. Always nod. Amen. God is able to do all things abundantly above all that we ask or think. Amen? And so, yes, sir. Well, all right. Glory to God. And so, what we do? I know. I sent. I, I did. You get your text. <laughs> face on it so you understand. But anyway, praise the Lord. We are we have been teaching on the subject of faith on uh, School of the Bible on, on Thursday night. You know, I'm so thankful for those that are there because you're getting a, a, a peek into some of the things in the Word of God concerning faith and what it means. Faith is a substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. The, the whole kingdom of God is, is an unseen kingdom. Why do we have faith in God? Because he gave us the kingdom. He said that, uh, that I have, it is my Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And he says, then in another place, Jesus said that the kingdom is within you. That word within you means in you and around you, wherever you step, you make manifest his kingdom. The word of God says that you go preach the gospel to every living creature in Matthew. And it says to do what? You make disciples of nations, teaching them to observe the commands of the Lord. The commands of the Lord are those things that he's doing now. It's the prescription for the season that you're in. Amen? Because back then, there might have been instruction on how to avoid the hangman's noose and how to avoid being on the cross because they were, the church was being persecuted. And there's different types of persecution now. Understand the seasons that you live in. We have to have, if you don't know what's going on in the world around you, I behoove you to find out. Talk to someone who knows what's going on because you've got to know the times and the seasons. You can't hide your head in the sand and not know, you know, who, who is. And, and especially if you if, you know what? If you're not, God doesn't tell you not to vote. A lot of believers don't vote. They go, oh, no, we are not part of this world. Be quiet. You know what? The Bible says friendship with the world is to be an enemy with God. So, so many people are so invested in the world. And then they, they, when it comes to voting, we go, you know what? And, and this is coming from the Spirit of God. Know what's going on out there. Know who your candidates are. Know who your representatives are around you because they represent you before, before Congress. Now, watch this. That word, the ecclesia, is to send out once for what? to represent God's kingdom here on earth. And they're called out, which means you don't just stay in your churches. They're called out and the gathered. So not only do we gather to receive instructions and to receive those things, but we go or send out. Why? Because you're representing your part of the world. Just like our senators and our Congress people represent us to Washington as individual states, we as individual churches. See, this is where, they come, this is where all this stuff comes from. The ecclesia are the sent out ones, the assembled ones that are sent out. And we assemble and gather and receive what God has for us for the moment, for the time, for the season. Well, I just come to, you know, church is Bible school. No, it's not. Bible school is Bible school. Church 
is to receive orders from headquarters to go out. See, we all thought that the prodigal was the kid who backslid. No, it wasn't. The brother was the Pharisee. The father is God the Father. And the one who was left, left to send out, was sent to, to be sent out. He didn't take just his inheritance. You know that we walk with our inheritance every day and that our inheritance never, never runs out? You know why he got into riotous living? Because no one was with him. That's why Jesus sent him out two by two. The world took him over. And then he thought, well, watch this. I can't go back. Why? Because the, this is how the churches are. That's why people stay away from church. Because the brother, who was a pharisaical, was all work and no play. Even though he had the father's ability to get all the stuff done, he got really angry because they killed the little fat cow and celebrated his, his brother's return. Why? Because he got to break the law, and look at what he gets. Everything. And he said, everything that I have is yours. You could have been doing this all along. See, the Pharisees will always get mad at you because you're getting blessed even though you sin. I don't mean even though you live in sin, even though we mess up. Did you know that you mess up and you can call out to God and say, these promises are mine in Jesus' name? Why? We're imperfect all the time. Not just when we do something wrong. You are blessed all the time. Because the blood of Jesus makes you pure 24-7. In the attitude of your mind, you still live in old wineskins that, that say, man, you deserve to get slammed. So, oh, this might be happening because you're doing this. Come on, people. Grow up. That's why you don't grow. Because you're always putting yourself in restriction for what you did or didn't do. Get active. Out of your bellies flow the rivers of living water. Why? Because you're filled with His glory. You're filled with His spirit. You're filled with God on the inside. You know what He does is you release every joint that supplies. You know that you ought to come to church to give. You have to my money again? No, I'm after what's in your soul. Then your money. Now, now you know why the money? Because your tithe is for your benefit. Your giving is for your benefit. Yes, that's right. That's for your yes. Sorry, you said you can't actively stop growing because what? You stop growing because you're not going anywhere. You're not doing anything with oh God. You're not releasing what's inside of you. Well, I don't have anything. If all you know is Jesus saves, go out and, do, and tell everybody that. You ought to be proclaiming his kingdom everywhere you go. You ought to be overflowing what God has. See, the presence of God is in this place, not because God came and fell. It's because you released his presence, because it's in you. That's why it means that two or more gather in his name. There he is in the midst. We release his presence. When you walk into a house and you release the peace, what are you releasing? Jesus, the Prince of Peace. You release that peace. You make a conscious effort. Father, I'm releasing peace when I walk in this place. Now, if they don't receive it, take, take it back. Are you, are you listening to what I'm saying? Now, we have to make a conscious decision that we're members of the kingdom of God. We're not here for ourselves. This is what we're crossing over. We learn how to operate faith. We learn how to operate, you know, being free from sin. We learn how to be righteous in his sight because he created us to be righteous. We know that the righteous are surrounded with favors with, his, with a shield. Now, the old school people that haven't renewed their minds are going, See, it's for the righteous. No, but he's already called you righteous. Through his sacrifice, you're, you're the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. You're blessed in the city and blessed in the country. Come on now. Your baskets are full. Now watch. I want to share something with you. You want to maintain your baskets being full? That's where you release the tithe. But I thought the tithe does nope. Listen, listen, listen. Because you no longer don't have a righteous requirement of the law, the law has been fulfilled in you, you tithe out of obedience. Why do you release the tithe? The tithe hasn't been done away with. 
The tithe has been superseded by you giving, releasing the tithe to keep your barns open because it was not, that was a spiritual law. Then your giving is what you sow to reap a harvest on, not the tithe. The tithe maintains your barns being full. It maintains your, your storehouses being full. It maintains that this, the, the work that God has called you to is supplied. Are, are you listening to what I'm saying? But when you release an offering, that's your seed. Your tithe is not a seed. God takes that 90% and stretches it and blesses it. And cause, see, but we've got to stop living in fear. What ha, you know why you don't really give it all when you're in your flesh? Because you don't know how to give a 10% and be free in the 10%. Yeah, but I won't have enough. Yes, you will. God will take that 90% and stretch it. But we've got to learn how to give and receive. Sometimes we don't receive. Someone comes to bless you and you go, oh, well, no, I can't take that. Yes, you can. You're robbing someone else of a blessing because they're sowing seed into you. And when you sow seed, don't rob them of their blessing. Learn to say thank you and receive it. That's a tough lesson for me to learn. I, was, I, was, I grew up, man. Someone even wanted to give me a quarter. They slap it out of my hand. They give it back to them. Oh, as a kid, grew up like that. They slap it out of my hand. You don't get nothing from anybody. You know? and, and so we grew up that way. But in God's kingdom, you receive. We have to learn how to receive. Father, I release. I give my tithes. I give my offerings. Uh, and I, Lord, I receive as I release my giving. And see, this is what the word of God. But you know why? Because that's how his kingdom operates. His kingdom isn't based upon you working and earning a living. You don't earn a living. The book of Ephesians, it teaches us how to live as believers. It says what? Let him who stole steal no more, but let him work with his hands. Isn't that what it says? Work with his hands. For what? Not for your living, so that you would have to give. Why? Because in his kingdom we give and we, and, and we learn how to receive. Amen? The Bible says when you give, you give Watch this. Now, the context here was forgiveness, but it's a spiritual law that applies to everything. When you give and release, what does he do? What does he do if you give? He gives back unto you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. You know what I do sometimes? We get our cereal boxes. Because, you know, we started learning that for a little while there was moth infestation everywhere, and then we found out it all comes from the cardboard boxes. So, and I was talking to a lot of people. They said, yeah, I have little stupid moths in my house. Well, they were all in the, in the cardboard. And, and so what we did is we took out the little baggies in there and put them in these plastic containers. It doesn't look like it's going to fit, so what do we do? We press it down, we shake it together, and then pour more. Shake it together, press it down, and then the stuff settles. You know, have you seen those potato chip bags that are about that big, and they only have that much? Why? And it says, settling may have occurred during shipment. Because when the machine fills it, they're filled to the top. Then they seal it. Then it was shake, 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 and then it goes down to that. Well, that's what you do. Press down, shake them together, and then we pour more and pour more, and then we fit, the whole thing fits in the box. And so that's what press down, shaking together, and running over. God will fill you and give back to you just like that, out of overflow. But you've got to believe his word. How do you believe his word? With all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. That's, what, that's how we live. But we've got to get, watch, you, you know, some of you, we've got to, how many of you have ever had to, are old school enough to remember what it means to prime a pump? Yeah. And nothing but air comes out first. How many feel like that sometimes in your giving? How many ever felt like that in your giving? It seems like giving, nothing but air is coming out. But when that flow comes, you can't stop it. Once it takes, or how many of you ever had to kind of old school go, and after a while you get overflow, and you're going, you can't stop it. See, some of us have to get our faith primed. Don't, watch what it says. Don't stop in well-doing. That's what the book of Ephesians says. Because you'll, you'll reap a harvest. Now, you know that we're coming into a time when God is compressing things. We've been, you know what? Pam and I have been spending so much time in the presence of the Lord. There's a spirit-led conference that came to our, to our um, 
television station live from uh, Eagle Mountain International. Well, so we've been blessed. The Lord had us, and you know, God has plans for us. And, and we gave up on DirecTV after 17 years and just, just because they thought this stuff deserved a lot of money. And, and uh, then we found out that Believer's Voice of Victory Network was going to come on there. Uh, God TV, we can get on our computers now all the time, on demand. So it's not before you couldn't, now we could. But anyways, we're on this network. I'm telling you what, it's worth it. Not only am I saving $100 a month, but, but now we get this and we're on there listening. And so we're going, we're going to school because they'll take a whole week's worth of broadcast and condense it into one watching without all these little breaks. And today's offering, and we're, we're, getting, we're in a school. But we had this conference, and the Spirit of the Lord was there. And it's, and it's moving in line with what God is telling us to do. It seems like all the messages over the past few weeks are being put into what's going, what we're hearing today. And I'll tell you what, there's so much is going on, and we're a part, and you're a part of what's going on. Because when we give into that kind of ministry, we are recipients of the blessing that's on that ministry. One of the things that I found out, listen to, I want, to, I want you to see how close we are to what God is doing. I remember years back, Pam and I made up our minds that when we work in children's ministry, now children's ministry in itself is, is a big task. Children's ministry is huge, especially when it starts to over, overflow. We were having more kids than they did in, in big church. And we, we call it big church back then, but God was just doing so, such great things, right? And, and then we, one day, everybody will start clamoring because we have guest speakers. And we always, you know, all of a sudden we got more kids. So it had to be all hands on deck. And one day the Lord showed me that we walk in the same anointing as the pastor of the church. And we had an anointed pastor. And we knew that we were called there and we loved this pastor. And, and, and so what we did is we, the Lord spoke to us and told us that we are, we are his extension. So that same anointing that flows in what we call a big church through that speaker comes upon us. Because we're ministering to a portion of this congregation. So we were blessed to be able to minister to that portion of the, the, the congregation that wasn't in big church. So we had the teens and the kids. There was so much power that flowed in there. Kids were healed. They were set free. They were delivered. And we didn't have signs up there that showed the music. They had to memorize the song so that when they ministered, they closed their eyes and entered, and they just weren't reading a screen. God was just filling us with the power of God so that we knew that when Kenneth Copeland would come in or a big-time speaker would come in, we didn't clamor to be in church because we knew that we were going to be recipients of their anointing. What do I want? To see their face or to be a recipient of the anointing on their life? I'd rather be a recipient of their anointing. So when the guest speaker showed up, guess what? The, sometimes the miracles would increase, the manifestations of God. And you know what we're calling for? The demonstration, manifestation, and visitation of the Holy Ghost in this place. So when you pray, you call in manifestations, visitations, and demonstrations of his presence because that's what Jesus did. He manifests the Father's will. Now, let's, let's go in our Bibles, because, because God is bringing all things. How many know we're in the last of the last days? I don't care if it, you know, people say, well, my calculation is so it's 35 years. I don't care if your calculation is so 35 years. He can come anytime between now. Do you know the seasons that we're living in? Do you know the seasons that we're in? See, people get attached to personality. Well, I hate that Christians don't like President Obama. I, I never said I didn't dislike the man. No, I'm, I'm telling you the truth. He's a politician, so he speaks with forked tongue. So well, I pray for him. Have to. I don't agree with his policies, but I pray for him because he's a puppet to a platform that he serves. Before you get all tangled up, so are the Republicans. They're, they become puppets to the platform that they represent. Don't kid yourself. They don't represent you. They represent the platform. That's why it's so important for us to pray. Well, where does my vote go? To the platform that most agrees with the Word of God. 
We have to wake up. Look at the place that you're living in. Look at the situation. Listen to political news. I love listening to sports, but I force myself to listen to what's going on around the world. Why? Because Jesus said, be aware of the signs. You want the devil, you want Jesus to come and take you as a thief in the night and you just miss the thing? What are you going to be doing when he comes back? That'll keep you up at night. <laughs> when he comes, what are you going to be doing? Because we're close to his coming. Well, let's say it don't come for 15 years. But what if it happens tomorrow? See, during this time, the Feast of Trumpets and the times that we're living in, he can come any time between now and the end of the year. Are you ready? What are you going to be, will he find faith when he comes? Or will he find a bunch of unbelief saying, eh. well, we need to stop singing the Christian blues. Everybody's under attack. We're warriors. We're not fish in the water. We're warriors. Isn't it crazy how things are? We've got all kinds of sharks. I went mean, to the beach. I never worried about a shark. We've got all kinds of hammerhead sharks, great white sharks, floating, swimming in our waters. Why? Because we've got warm water. How many know that Southern California wasn't known for its humid temperature? Things are changing. It was dry, but it wasn't like this. Slowly but surely, he's been coming. I live in the IE, desert, not no more. The truth. It's 95 degrees sometimes at midnight. I'm running our AC at night. Come on, whatever happened is open the windows after nine or after six. Sometimes I go sit in the driveway, it's like sitting by the river in Blue Water, Parker, near the Parker Dam. It's still hot. Everything's changing. Have you seen the political climate? What's going on in Syria? Do you know? They've been having a civil war for the last 11 years. Everybody's escaping and going towards Europe. Who is going to get all those people? Is it the church or is it the Muslim? Have you been praying for them? Do you see the suffering? Do you see the humanity? No, I don't involve myself. I'm busy taking care of my house. Lift up your eyes. Your redemption draws near. Get involved in the kingdom. God gets involved in yours. You know that there's a spiritual law that God is concerned with that which concerns you? Be concerned with something more than your house and watch him bless your house. Jesus didn't lament that he didn't have a place to put his head. He already knew that was part of the job. Paul said he learned to be content in every situation. Have we? See, I'm talking to the core of the church right now. Core of the church. I'm asking God, where does he want us strategically? Matter of fact, this, this house and this living room is cooler than Pico Rivera. They have, those little, they have those little air conditioners just go. They blow cold air. You've got to stand right there. Dude, do you guys remember the days when you go to church? Never mind. You remember, remember, you get the, the programs were for reading and they were for fanning. That's true. Filled with church prompts because dad didn't want to go to church. I found out I was, I was calling out to God. God sent us men. And God said, yeah, I was calling for men too. It was all the women that were following Jesus because they saw something. The disciples reached men around them, but the crowds were mostly women. Why? Because they had no place. They had no identity in those days. And in Christ, they found identity, they found power, they found reason to live. There's so much power in that. Just listen to that. Their homes became blessed because they found Jesus. And that's something. And then to the point that Peter told them, you're heirs and together in the grace of life. 
It's, it's some powerful word. Now watch this. Let's go in our Bibles to the book of Mark, chapter 6, verse 42. Can you all hear me out there? Uh, send me a text or something. Talk to your audience. I'll know that we're in the, we're in the group. Mark 6.42. You know, the, in the book of Chronicles, chapter 20, it talks about praise being released. Hopefully we'll hit that today. But I want to show you the times that we're in. You know, you want to find prosperity? Get in line with what God's doing in the kingdom. You know, I'm, I'm calling out thousands close to our ministry and say, angels, we'll get our money in Jesus' name. we got a big job because the prophetic word said, if you get in line with what I'm doing, money will never be an issue. Yeah, we were in a, uh, Xavier and I went to this meeting where the speaker should have attracted hundreds whenever we were one of less than 20. And these people that had a prophetic word, they had a prophetic word that had everything to do with our ministry, and it was powerful. I had already written it down. That's why I was looking for six. What did I say, 42? Yeah. It's right after the miracle of the water, of the fishes and loaves. Did you know that the fishes and loaves... Someone says, oh, God supplied me fleshes, fishes, and loaves. Well, get ready to have, give it to Jesus so that he can break it up and give it back. So that as you give it out, he multiplies it. A lot of times we want it for my house. Let him, let him multiply what you have. And, and when he blesses it, because we operate in the blessing, give it out. It multiplied when he began to give it out. We want to see multiplication in the bucket now. No. When you give it out, he multiplies it. Listen to the principle. Because that bucket, those baskets never emptied as he began to give. So many of us hold on to what we have. And then you know what it says about the priests in those days that held on to what they had? It was like having baskets with holes in them. But the tighter they held on to them, the more it would fall out. You've got to get into that groove where you begin to give and then receive, give and then receive, give and then receive. That's the cycle of the kingdom of God. Now, here's what happened. That one was for free. And, and, and so the, the disciples had done that. The number of men who had eaten was 5,000, just men. And then the women, you know, imagine how many people they, 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 they fed. But here in verse 45, he said, Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to Bethsaida. Where, while he dismissed the crowd after leaving them, he went up to the mountainside to pray. When evening came, the boat was in the middle of the lake, and he was alone in the land. And he saw his disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. Now, guess what was happening? Get a picture of this. How many know that they were in the middle of the lake going nowhere? How many know that they had obeyed God? Let's go, Jesus, let's go across. How many know they were just spinning oars and not going anywhere? How many ever felt like that? They were doing all you knew how to do when you were sitting in the middle of the lake. How many know that, that a lot of times, even in this ministry and other ministries that you know about, that are supposed to be movers and shakers have been doing movers, but we haven't gotten to the place that we're supposed to shake. How I many know that sometimes it feels like we're in just one place? Well, that's going to end because I'm going to tell you what's going to happen right now. He said, immediately, okay, there he goes, and the wind was against him, but about the fourth watch of the night, I want you to say fourth, fourth watch. Who, 
See, when you begin to take on the ministry of prayer, prayer breaks loose idleness. Or you're in the scene like you're doing, I think. At the fourth watch of prayer, Jesus showed up. Fourth watch, Jesus showed up. It means he was praying the first watch, second watch, third watch. You know, sometimes it feels like your prayers don't go anywhere. Don't give up. Because the fourth watch is coming. Fourth watch. He came out. He went out among them and walking on the lake. In other words, prayer breaks loose the miraculous. He was walking on the water. Prayer will break loose the miraculous. Prayer breaks loose the miraculous. Don't give up. You might enter into that fourth watch. But prayer breaks loose the miraculous. Now watch this. And and of the night, he went out to them walking on the lake. He was about to pass them. But when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought, oh, my God, it's a ghost. They cried out because they saw him and were terrified. Immediately he spoke to them and said, take courage. Don't be afraid. It is, it is I. Can I tell you something? A lot of times we see that God starts to do something, we, get, we freak out. Wait, I don't know if that lines up with doctrine. Whose doctrine? Yours? Or is God about to speak something that's a mystery? See, the Bible says that the manifest wisdom of God is manifest in the church. Amen? How many know that the apostles and the prophets, they speak forth mysteries? What are mysteries? Things yet unknown or unrevealed. Can I tell you something? If all you're going to do is get stuck on what your predecessors taught, you're not going to go anywhere. You're, you're sitting there before the fourth watch just rowing. Well, this is what I learned. Get ready to learn something new. Get ready to build upon that which you found out. Listen, a lot of us, a lot of us get crazy. Man, that's not how I learned it. So what? Learn it new. Well, you know, Brother Hagen, Brother Copeland, uh, C.M. Ward. You know what? A lot of times we really hang on to those things the general spoke. Can I tell you, Brother Copeland is listening to God in what God is doing now. But Brother Hagen is gone. C.M. Ward is gone. Many of our great generals are gone. Or Roberts is gone. They left their doctrine, but we're supposed to build on it, not stay there. If you're still using their principles to live every day, you're going to miss God. Because God has already started building on their principles. You better, you better listen to his new apostles and his new prophets today. Because their word took us up to a certain level, and if you're still there, you're at the, uh, the fourth watch is coming on you. And if you don't obey what God is doing, you're going to still sit there and row. And you might maintain yourself, but you're not going to grow nor go. That's from the Holy Ghost. I'm not making, uh, this is not on my notes. But your prayers are going to break loose. Something new. Something where you've never been before. Could you imagine when the church broke loose? They, had, they never knew common man would be doing the miracle signs and wonders that Jesus had done. Now we have denominations that say, well, you know, it all passed away with the apostles and the, the prophets and the, the miracles. Can I tell you something? Change your view. Can I tell you something? A lot of people have old school views of the prophetic. They think the prophetic is still someone who stands up and condemns sin. That's not prophecy. That's not the prophetic. That's the evangelist. But they still think it's a guy who's a hardliner is a prophet. No. The prophet's a seer. The prophet receives instruction from God about the future. The prophet begins to speak into your now using the gifts of the Spirit as a foundation to reveal what's now and what's to come, or maybe so that you know it's God, reveal a little bit of the past, bring forth into But see, when we learned it back with, with Summerall, we thought it was just these designations. Word of wisdom is this. No, word of wisdom is way wider than the way I learned it back in the day. It goes way beyond what we learned. Nope, this is word of wisdom. This is what I'm going to stay with. 
You know what? You keep that attitude up, you're going to get a flat jaw, and you're not going to grow. Oh, oh, oh. I'm telling you what, that's what we'll sound like in these days. I better stop. I got Keith Moore coming all over me right now. He goes, right? I, I ain't making fun of nobody. I'm just talking about bad doctrine. Now, I've been listening to a lot of Keith Moore, and he's a powerful teacher. No, it's true. There's a, there's a CD that I'm listening to, and he says a lot of people learn. They get in a car accident and say, oh, man, God must have been speaking to me. I wonder what I missed. And then we think that God speaks to us, you know, through accidents and through things that we're going through. And they slap you on the back. It's the ministry of getting slapped on the back of the head, and God says, okay, go. No, he doesn't. The Bible says that in these days, those that are his are led by the Spirit. We hear the voice of God. You know, a lot of people still, there's still thousands and thousands of Christians that, that will get insulted because you say you hear God. Something must be telling me something. No, if that's the way you learn, you're like a two-year-old. How many two-year-olds need a little swat in the butt just to tell them no? God doesn't speak to us that way. He says that you've got to go back to the milk of his word and start being trained again. He doesn't slap you around. He doesn't bat planes out of the sky to teach people. He doesn't give, he doesn't give disease so he can teach you something. Can I tell you something? If he gave you disease just to teach you something, stop taking medicine so you can get what he's trying to say. <laughs> Quit being in rebellion. He doesn't do that. God does not use sickness and disease to talk to you about. Jesus came to heal all forms of sickness and disease. Read one, Psalm 103, uh, the first five verses, that he heals all your diseases. And you know what he does? He renews, your, he renews your youth like the eagle. Can I tell you something? Even God is against growing old because he wants you strong and fit for the day. It's not just the baby boomers who spend all this money on creams. Can you imagine all baby boomers spend all this money on creams that don't work? You know what it says? You listen carefully to the commercial. It eliminates, watch this, the sight of wrinkles. It doesn't say it eliminates wrinkles. Visible signs of wrinkles. So that when you wash it off, the wrinkles come back. They're still there. But so for some of us, that's good. There's more men using creams today than ever. I get, I get, more, I get just as many guys asking me what I do with my hair. So I go out in the sun. What? <laughs> I had this lady with fire engine red hair at a, at a Circle K we used to go to. And she used to say, oh, this is an old, old, old lady. And she had red hair like kind of Larissa does sometimes with bright red. And she goes, oh, you know what? The sun does mine too. <laughs> like, she would tease me all the time. But what, see, but what happens is we have to get, renew our mind skins, our wine skins with the word of God. His word is final authority. I'm tired. You know what? A lot of, a lot of you... Older people have more stamina than our youth. You know why? Our youth are used to just sitting and receiving. Or you... Don't get me started, man. Robert and I already are already set that our, that, our, that our grandson coming with Manny, we're going to have footballs and baseballs, go-karts. You know, we're going we're to show them pitching. We're going to show them how to catch a football. We're going to show them how to kick a, kick a soccer ball. And we're going to teach them how to... No, like, we're we're, we're going to teach them all these things. Why? He's... He's not going to learn football through Madden 2020. You know, if I follow what I'm saying? Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. I went to my grandson's first, well, my first soccer game. I was extremely impressed. I come from a football background. I was a cheerleader. I had to learn that game from the inside out. And I went to my first soccer game. And that is a great sport. Oh, no, I'm not. I'm not. Did you see them around there? It, it's a, it's a good. Did you see them around there? I'm by all the pads and everything else just to go out there. 
I'll, I'll, I'll give you a, a word here, and this is which is a true statement. There's more injuries in soccer than there are on American football. Yes, there is. No, there is. I used to play forward, so I know the game. No, I, I, I was just saying that I, I really enjoyed the game, and the point that I was going to make by interrupting this was the teamwork that I was able to see there. And I guess watching from the sideline is a little bit different. And um, Mia, as a matter of fact, you said for Mia's game as well. Just to see them on the team, how they have to work the teamwork in trying to make the team. Oh, yeah. No, it, it, I, I tease with it. I like it, too. I like to watch it as well. I used to play, but, but I, I, I tease about the, the game a lot. And, and, and so, I have to learn. I have to learn a lot about what's going on. I, I told my grandson, you're going to have to educate Grandma. Watch and he says, hockey. I'm, I'm a little old. I just play the game. Learn hockey, too. Watch, watch hockey. It's a, lot like, it's a lot like soccer as well. It's a fast. They're, they're, they're fast. They're fast games. But, but you know what happens is, here, here's, what, here's what happens, is that when we begin to learn how to operate together, that's the whole thing about these sports games, they, learn, they teach you how to operate as a team. And what we did with the youth on one game is we said, here's what you have to do. How, go get this thing, but you can't use your legs, which means that you can't use anything below the waist, nothing, even dragging yourself. And we did this. And they sat there and sat there and sat there and sat there until one day they found out a key to the Word of God. If they ask me, can you get that for me? You won the game because that's how we get things done with God. You take that which is in the natural, which seems impossible, and you ask and receive. And they were trying to do all the, nope, that's still using your waist. I don't care if you roll over, you're still using your waist and your legs. You can't drag yourself. What are you going to do when you get there? You can't, you can't get up on your knees. Well, how about if we stack ourselves? Well, you're going to have to use your legs to get up on top of the next person. We can And listen, they had to learn how to be a team, and they collaborated from what was in them, and they finally got a spokesperson and said, well, we have to ask. See, we're too prideful to ask the Lord. And if the Lord turns around and says, shall men give into your bosom, and someone shows up to give you something, we say, oh, no, no, God's going to do it. Can I tell you something? There's many times I missed the boat, the plane, and the submarine because I was prideful, because I was trying to dictate to God how I was going to receive my miracle. I can't do that. See, now, my grandmother went home with the Lord, and she was blind because she wanted a miracle the way that David received his miracle. And that's what she put her faith in. Well, she got it after she crossed over. But it was right before she left, so it wasn't like she lived blind for a long time, but she, this was like... Still preaching the Word? You know, for the times, she said that she, she, was, she was talking to the Lord one day, and the Lord took her into a trance. And she saw the Bible where she was at about the harvest being white. And she said she was crying and crying and crying. She realized that those weren't her tears. It was the Lord crying through her. And she saw Jesus above her and weeping and weeping for the people. And that it was time to, to put in the sickle, to, to bring in that harvest. And afterwards, she did never stop preaching the gospel to everyone that she would talk to. Because she realized how much in the heart of God was reaching his people. This is the days that we're in. Jesus in this fourth watch he brought them, the Bible says, immediately the ship went to shore after he spoke the word. Immediately that ship hit the shore. You know what God is doing now today? He is accelerating the times that we live in. We're getting into that place where the sower and the reaper catch up. But we've got to learn how to receive as we give. So we got, you know what? We need to quit living fearful. Open your mouth. You've got something valuable on the inside.
put your pen to work. You got something on the inside. Then can I take, we need to stop. Can I take, get in the Bible? Read through your Bible. So many of us don't read our Bibles. So I don't understand it. Ask Jesus to understand. Can I tell you, get a book. Get one of Brother Hagin's books on faith and start reading it and open the scriptures and, and follow along with your Bible. Don't let, the Bible, don't let their book just, oh, there's Romans 3 something. Oh, no. Go inside. That's how I found out Romans 4.17. You call those things which be not as though they were. What are you calling? Those things that are not now that God wants in your life. You begin to call those. What is, what is, is it God's will to reach the lost? Yes. We need to begin to be and start saying, God, bring us the lost. Bring us, your, bring us a harvest of those things that you care about the most. You know that the hundredfold return is based on how much you, re, you release and to give into the to, – into, you see, you know what? When we release and are given fully to the things of God, so many of us want the benefits of God. Can I tell you something? You show up to work on time. Why can't you get to church on time? You reap the benefits of what you do. How, what value do you place upon hearing God's voice? That's the value you place. Uh, well, it's going to be hot today. I'm not going to go. What value do you place on the Word of God? I know that sometimes it's impossible to get where you're supposed to go in the science, but a lot of times that's why we have talk shoes so you can hear the Word and not miss out on what God is doing. I'm just talking, to be, just talking about the attitudes of the heart. Putting, he's got a day that he calls it today. And this is his day. It's not our day. Clear your calendar. Bam. This is God's day. What are we going to do, God? Well, church is over at, what, 1 o'clock, so I can go. No, no. God, what do you want me to do after 1 o'clock? Go home and relax. Well, praise the Lord. I'll go home and relax. You might tell you to go to Puente Hills Mall and start sharing the gospel there. You say, no, God, why? It's the truth. Now watch. And see, we have to begin to understand. God doesn't want you to do all work and no play. Well, Sunday's my only day. Good thing it's his day. I've worked like that six days, go to church. Oh, it was day off. That's right. It's called today. It's his day. Notice in the Bible, they had six days and they worked, and, the, and then the day of rest was God's day. I don't know why we get so cultural. Because this is American culture. How come you don't tell your job? Hey, man, two days off, Saturday and Sunday. Those are my days. But you know what they tell you? But you're ours. We run the schedule of your life for the next eight to ten hours. Tell me if that's not true. Tell me if that's not true. It is. See, it's the attitude of the heart that speaks volumes. And we want the benefits of God without having to put in the time. What about grace? I'm talking to you about principles that work in the Word. The principles that seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. What things? Everything about your living. And what you eat, what you wear, and where you live. Right? Understand the principles of the kingdom of God. What do you find in the kingdom of God? Righteousness, peace, and joy are in the kingdom. You don't have to have righteousness at it. It's there in the kingdom. Peace is there and joy is there. If you have no joy, you're not in the kingdom. Or you have no concept of it. Joy isn't just stupid hilarity. It's something that's deep on the inside that runs your life. Happiness is a choice. Every single day, happiness is a choice. It's the truth. Every day, it's a choice. We are governed by the choices we make every single day. Now, you know what I like about the disciples? They were rowing because they were obeying God's word. So many people stop rowing and, let the, and you leave your life up to fate because you quit moving towards your destiny. God gave them a destination, which was their destiny, and they never stopped. 
they're rowing and rowing and rowing. Could you imagine being in that kind of stuff and row? You know what? Have you ever, some of us make it seem easy, but how many have ever been on a rowboat? And you start out easy, but then you're in the middle and you're tired? How many have ever done that? And you think, oh. and then you start drifting. The Bible in Hebrew says, take heed lest you drift away. Did you know that the currents of life will take you away from God and not to God? You got to get in the Word every day. You got to pray every day. You got to stay built up. Well, I thought it was all about grace. It is. There are certain, grace is always setting a table for you. Faith determines what you receive. Grace is always setting the table. God is always about you receiving what he has for you, but you've got to get to where you're supposed to be in order to receive what he says. You know, and all my needs shall be met according to his riches and glory. You know what that scripture was for? Those that were sold out to what Paul was preaching, those were the ones that gave into his ministry. And their needs were supplied according to God's riches and glory because they were releasing from what they did not have. And he said, these guys are memorialized because of what they did, and they received abundant. You know, the history shows that these guys were in abundant living afterwards. Because their God supplied all their riches and glory. Supplied all their needs according to their riches and glory. Isn't that amazing that the poorest area that he reached, the people that were struggling the most that gave everything into Paul's ministry, received that promise that we claim all the time without us giving everything. You might have... Just can I tell you something? I read something today somewhere and it said that, you know, I'm gonna give you, I, I gave $10, but the person who gave uh, $20 was received better than the person who gave 10, but the guy who gave 10 gave it all, and the guy who had 20 had $200. Who do you need more in your life? The person who gave it all. Pastor, are you talking about money? I'm talking about life. Yes, ma'am. The two mites. Yes, forever. It is true. Look, you will be known for who you are for the rest of your life. Imagine Simon the leper, blind Bartimaeus. Could you imagine? It's not like just Bartimaeus. We remember as blind Bartimaeus. Simon the leper. Who do you want to be known as? David the tight? <laughs> Spanish? David the polo? I'm telling you what. You'll be memorialized for who you are for the rest of your life. Even though Simon was no longer a leper, Oh, yeah, yeah, that's Simon the leper. He's over there. Philip. Let's read about Philip. Let's go to the book of Acts. Philip was the one who says, show us the Father. You can go from being, from being chewed out in Jesus' presence. Imagine he was chewed out. He says, hey, show us the Father. And Jesus gave one of these. Oh. Philip, how long have you been with me? And you say, choose the Father. See, we've got to read it. We don't read, we don't read the Word, do we? We just have to show us the Father. No, no, no. Give it, give, it some, give it some oomph. When you read that, how long have you been with me? And you say, show us the Father. It's, it's true. You know, when I read, sometimes I'm smiling. And so I, one of the kids asked me, he said, it's Acts chapter 8. One of the kids asked me and goes, what are you laughing at? I said, I'm just reading something Jesus said. All right, and his disciples too, they were honest. What's he saying? Don't you know that if you, you hang with me, you'll see the glory of God? Okay, let's go with him so we can die with him. We've got to read it. 
All right, we don't, I don't get it either. You get it? Okay, well, let's go. Let's die. We're with them anyway. Let's die with them. Imagine that, because they heard, I am the resurrection of the life. We're thinking, oh, profound words. But they're hearing this. All they heard is, well, we're going to die. We're going to be resurrected, so let's go and die with them. Isn't that a trip? Then he's talking to the Pharisees. You think he's making headway? And then he turns around and says, oh, before Abraham, I was. And by the time he got finished, it's, the reason you don't understand what I'm saying is because you're of your father, the devil. Imagine telling these learned teachers of the, of the law and of the word. You know what? You don't understand what I'm saying? My disciples do. You're of your father, the devil. I love that discourse. When I read that, I'm thinking, right on, Jesus. He said they, they, they conspired at that moment how to kill him. Then he walked right in the middle of their assembly because he knew it wasn't his time. Isn't that amazing? You've got to read your Bible. It's an outstanding. You know what? You can make some movies. And uh, so many people are afraid to make movies the way it was really written because we want to make Jesus an unman. No, he was a man filled with the Holy Ghost. And he dealt with humanity head on. See, we're filled with his spirit. We're filled with his power. Why? Because we're going to have to face humanity head on too. Don't be afraid of humanity. There's a word that says, who is man that you are mindful of? And you know every time I went to an interview, who's a man that I'm mindful of? I'm going to go in there and put the pants on the same way I do. I'm going to win this interview. I'm here to benefit this company, so I'm going to, I'm going to get to say yes or no when I finish with this interview. You know what? Why? Because I got the good. You got to know that. Not just say it. You got to know that you've got the good. That's how you'll come across in an interview. You see, and so I remember back, back a while back when I'd go looking for a job and I'd tell Pam, I'm going to come back with a job. I'd be gone all day and come back. And that was the days where I'd go early, sit down and drink iced tea or Diet Coke, and I'd open the newspaper and start making, and start making phone calls. You know how you make phone calls? You used to go to the phone booth and make them the old-fashioned way. There are no cell phones. And so let's go to Mass, uh, Acts chapter 8. We're going to start at verse 40. Acts chapter 8, verse 40. Oh, let me look. This 40, but let's start at verse 26. The book of Acts tells you the, of what the New Testament church is like. Now, here's Philip. Now, the angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the deserted road, that goes from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on the way he met an Ethiopian eunuch an important official in charge of the treasury of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home, he was sitting on the chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. Now, I want you to understand this is a scene. King James says it a little bit different, because this one kind of takes the miraculous out and how it was, it was rewritten. But this chariot was moving. This man was already traveling somewhere else. And so God told him, go on this road, and I want you to run yonder to this chariot. Now, I may know a chariot is being pulled by a horse, right? And it was already a great distance. And the, the, the original language says, run and join yourself to this chariot. So, Philip, can I tell you something? Sometimes God will direct you to do something and it seems hard. So, he says, run. Can I tell you he ran supernaturally? Why? Why? Because God had to reach this man. Because what was this man doing? Watch. He ran... And he said, Philip ran to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah. Do you understand what you're reading, Philip said? He ran up there and goes, bam, jumped on the top of this thing and said, hey, man, you understand what you're reading? And 
He said, how can I unless someone explain it to me? How many know that's a manifestation of what it says in the book of Romans where it says, how will they understand unless, unless someone preach it? Now that word preach means to teach and preach. A lot of people think they're just called to teach, but we're called to preach and teach. The Bible says that Jesus went about preaching and teaching in the synagogues. But that's a whole other thing, message. But watch. He said, he ran up to him and says, how can I? So Philip, so he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now this thing was moving. He grabbed hold of this. Now, what I like about this is this man was seeking God. He didn't even question Philip. How'd you catch up to me? That's why it says he joined this chariot, which means that this chariot was already on its way. That's what the original language is. And he caught up to this thing and he invited. He goes, well, don't just stand there. Sit down with me. And so this is what happened. Now, we sometimes ignore the miraculous, but this is the same one who said, show us the Father. And, he said, Unless it, and so, the, so, he, so the eunuch was reading the passage of Scripture. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter and a lamb before the shearer silent. And he did not open his mouth, and in humiliation he was deprived of justice. Who can, who, can, who can speak of his descendants, for his life was taken from the earth? So the eunuch asked Philip, tell me about this. So who is this prophet they're talking about? And Philip began to, uh, with that very passage of Scripture and told them the good news about Jesus. And as they were traveling along the road, they came to the water, and the eunuch said, look, here's water. Why shouldn't I be baptized? So he gave orders to stop the chariot. See, there's another proof that the chariot was moving. Okay? So he stopped the chariot. And, when they, and, and said, then both Philip and the eunuch went down to the water, and Philip baptized them. And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly snatched Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again, but he went his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared in Zodas and traveled about preaching the gospel in the towns that reached Caesarea. You know what happened? And there's, a, there's a passage in the Bible where it says that he felt like he was snatched from the hair. He was taken from there 20, 29 miles to Azota. And he, the Bible says that he appeared. That's what the original language was. That he went from baptizing this guy. A guy came up out of the water. God snatched him and took him. Where? To Azota, 29 miles away. And then he went about preaching to all those towns. Why? What was God doing? He was miraculously taking him from place to place because they had need of the gospel being preached. What was God doing? He was, you know what? He was taken away at warp factor six, warp factor seven. You know what that is? It means when time is compressed. That's why it's called warp factor because you warp the timeline to bring the events closer together. It's a warp factor. It's, a, it's something we get out of Star Trek. They begin to operate at a certain speed. And, and so what it does, it compresses time. So it, 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 full, it brings the two points of time, of, 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 of access. Like in other words, if a, they were there outside of Jerusalem, and Azotus was 29 miles away. So what he did is those two points, he brought them together so that he moved through time and was instantly in another location. So he brought time. Hmm? Mm-hmm. Quantum physics, it does explain that. And so what happens is you warp time or bend time so that the two points are close together so that there is no time between one point and another. God did that with Philip. And so God is doing, he's accelerating the days that you live in. Did you know that's what happens with healing? You release healing into a body. And what the Bible says, lay hands on the sick and they recover. Recover means a time. It's like when you take antibiotics. And, um, you know, the modern medicine works. You know, it, you know, to a certain degree. There's certain things that just are out of the hands of modern medicine. But you know that when you lay hands on the sick and they recover, that's recovery. But there are other times when there's some miraculous. You know what happens is it brings the points of when healing drops in to when it manifests and brings it together and violates the laws of natural physics, but not the physics of heaven. It brings heaven to earth. And so 
what happens is God is bringing the folding of the time in which we're, in which we're living in times that are accelerated. And this is why it's important to be in the context of the, of, of the presence of God, knowing that we're about our Father's business in his kingdom. We're about to be releasing his kingdom here on earth. The manifestation of the kingdom of God is going to be the leading cause of so many things that we see in life. Isn't that amazing? Last scripture, and it's gonna, we're going to Second Chronicles chapter 20. It's in the Old Testament, those of you that... I love the first and second Chronicles. More than I like Kings, because Second Chronicles explains all the stuff that's going on in Kings. Hmm? Got it. Got it. Good. You know, I was telling the kids, you know what they miss out on when they were learning their Bibles? is Bible drills. Bible drills are, are fun. Chapter 20. Second Chronicles. Y'all there? Ask us. See how many are you with me? <laughs> Let's go to verse 13. Jehoshaphat was ready to go against Moab and Ammon. The Ammonites were a thorn in their flesh forever. And that came across because one of the other kings disobeyed God and didn't kill them all the way he was supposed to. You know that sometimes God tells you to get rid of stuff in your life, later on comes back and bites you in the booty and becomes a fight for the rest of your life? That's just a principle that you learn out of the Old Testament. And it's, God that doesn't want, it's not that God doesn't want you to keep that. It's just that sometimes in our own stubbornness, we'd rather live with that than to get rid of it. Did you know that there are fleshly benefits to staying mad at something or someone? That country music wouldn't be popular if it weren't for people crying in their beers. <laughs> You know, that, that some of that, the new country music is stupid. You know, it's about people loving women like they love their tractors. That's, <laughs> it's, it's a bunch of silliness. And, but some of the old school country music really begins to tell you. Some of the old, have you ever heard like the old Temptations music, I Wish It Would Rain? That, that, you know, you believe that guy. You believe him. Now they sing to make money. Something that's got a hook. And you know what, what, make, what makes Beyonce's music so great? It doesn't. She's just a money maker. I don't know what you're talking about. You know, the, oh, she's born again. Really? Where's the fruit? Some people say, oh, she's saved. Really? Where's the fruit? I see more boxers giving glory to God. It's the truth. I never see her finish the thing. But I want to give Jesus Christ all glory and honor for making me as famous as I am. You don't. Oh, just because they say, God bless you all. Rosie O'Donnell says, God bless you. I was, I was, I was looking at Facebook the other day, and I laughed because they took the song, you know, Jesus, 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 Jesus,
Jesus doesn't take the wheel. He wants you to drive because he's in you. It just sounds good. He wants you to take... See, Jesus is the captain of your salvation. If he's the captain, you're his number one. Just do what he says. You know, the captains never drive. You know, captains don't drive the boat. He said, ahead. And then the number one says, ahead. Then the other guy says, ahead to the engine room. It's just like, in order. What's that? It's a helmsman. That's all he is. He drives. It's a whole different thing. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Engine room is way back there. But I'm talking about old. I'm old school, man. I watch old movies. But they do. I'm talking about when they saw Captain Nemo where they yell into the thing. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? It's true, though. You know, today, they give orders from Washington. Then the soldiers are all down there doing their thing. And I'll tell you something. We speak and angels move on our behalf. Do you know that your angels stop working for you the minute you get negative? Oh, I don't know if that will happen. Then angels just stop. You begin to worry, angels stop. They're moved by the word, not moved by your tears, not moved by your need. His word is what moves God. Faith is what moves God. The, the word of God tells you command your angels. You speak. Know, you so speak. You speak the word. But sometimes I really have a hard time with saying commanding the angels. Like, well, you really don't have to command them. They're already your servants. So you don't tell those servants I command you. You just speak. Just angels, bring my money. North, south, east, and west, because there's a scripture where the angels bring your, your money. And and once I saw that. But, 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 but angels, but angels, angels care for my property because they, the Bible says that the angels care for you in your ways. You don't have to be perfect. You are sons of the living God, so angels move on your behalf. And, but see, you've got to get immersed in the word. Find out in the word where it talks about his angels and how they, they re- react to you. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. Let that faith arise because they also respond in faith. They have to respond in faith because the word of God in the kingdom, faith is the language spoken. Faith is what's breathed. Faith is your monetary uh, exchange. It's not just your giving. When you give, you have faith in what you've, what you've sown and faith to receive. So it takes faith to give and faith to receive. That's why giving is worship. See? And so what happens is we begin to get his word. Just like it says here. It says that all the men of Judah... <clears throat> I missed the fireplace. All the men of Judah with their wives and children... This is verse 13... And little ones stood there before God. Notice it's a family issue. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehazel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, and the son of Manhattan. No, it's it's Mananiah, a a Levite, and the descendants of Asaph, and he stood in the assembly. Now watch this, number one. He said, listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem. This is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Yeah, but you don't know what I'm going for. Shut up. Don't be afraid or discouraged. The king is speaking. Don't be disrespectful. You don't live the life I do. I'm trying to get you out of the life that you're living. Now watch this. Don't be afraid because of this vast army. Don't be afraid over the situations that surround you right now. Don't be discouraged over your current situation. How many get discouraged over their current situations? Now watch this. Because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but it's the Lord's. Tomorrow, March, that's the second point. The first one is listen. The second point, do what he's saying. March, down against them. Against who? You go face your enemy. What? 
They will be climbing up by the path of this, and you will find them at the end of the gorge. Number three is to march and find out, find the source of your issues. Find out what's coming against you. A lot of times it's good old-fashioned fear over a circumstance. It's not the circumstance. Look at what's driving that circumstance and what's giving it life. Is it your words? Is it your worry? Because, see, worry becomes a focus factor. Worry becomes a focus factor because you're giving that what you worry about the throne of your life. It's not Jesus. It's idolatry. You know the worry and fear is idolatry? See, in life we glorify the negative. We put it there. You don't know what I'm going You know, sometimes the blues give you attention. Can I tell you something? You might, you might find yourself in mourning over the things that you're going through. You might get a good old-fashioned cry in your beer song. What is it, that song that, that B.J. Thomas sang back in the 70s or 80s? Hey, he's talking to the person playing the music. Don't you know a good old-fashioned... What, what is it? Down on your love song or something? Or something like that? Down on your love song or something like that? And, it, and, and sometimes we're looking for those old-fashioned down on your love song. Oh, no, a good old-fashioned done somebody wrong song. And let me feel at home as I miss my baby. Come on now. Sometimes we, find, we want the bartender. We want the, the, the person playing the music. And so he says, a lot of times we want to look for someone to, to, to help us in our, in, in our down on our luck song and make me feel at home. Don't, don't we sometimes want to find some people to agree with us? Men are such dogs. That's right. Men are dogs. You find, find some, three or four Jezebels and let them agree with you. And men are poison. Same thing. Men look for the same thing. They get really mad and, hey, man, all women are snakes. That's right, man. Women are, women are snakes, man. You can't trust anything they do. It's true. And it's the flesh. I'm never going to love like this again. Okay. Well, you know, stay crippled. That's the truth. I can't believe they fired me. Yeah, they lost a good thing. I, I like that other country song that says, uh, he says, you better kiss me because you're going to miss me when I'm gone. I like that one. <laughs> that, that's, a, that's a good one, isn't it? See, those are good positive ones. You want to leave? You better kiss me now because you're going to miss me when I'm gone. This is the truth. But see, what happens is we line ourselves up with the world, but we don't line ourselves up with the word. Why? Because the flesh loves to glory in those things. It's harder to stand in the word to tell your flesh to shut up. It was twisted emotions. You know that the devil knows how to get your emotions and twist them. Mm -hmm. Nobody likes you. Nobody even thinks about you. Well, then you think about them and so good see. You want friends? Show yourself friendly. Come out from your shell. God didn't call you to be hermit crabs. I'm going to go live in the mountains by myself. You're unscriptural. God never called you to live in a monastery. He never called you to live anywhere by yourself. He called you to go out among the fish. Why? Because you need to catch them. You need to go out where the fish are. I'm so wounded. God heals the brokenhearted. Put your heart back together. 
Come to him. He said, my yoke is easy. See, you've been carrying your own yoke. That's why you're getting messed up. That's why you're pulling muscles and, and, and leg cramps and your heart can't take it. Why? Because you're not living in him. It's the truth. You know I'm speaking real good. Don't shout me down. I love how Kenneth takes me and says, don't shout me down because I'm preaching real good. Now, now, now listen, listen carefully. We're living, we're living in those days, man. I'll tell you what. Pam and I, with our own eyes, saw the man walk off the platform into midair and then come back. Sometimes it's hard to believe, but I'm, I'm so glad I had Pam with me that we can both say, you know what, I saw this. At, at Pastor Eddie's church with um, the guy that used to have a ministry in Guatemala, I don't remember what his name was. He, he died in a plane crash. Zirkel. Zirkel. He came out to outstanding meetings. You know, people were pinned against the walls. Like, you know those rides, carnival rides, where you go against the wall and the floor falls and you're pinned to the wall? I saw people by the Holy Ghost pinned against the walls with their feet up in the air. Why was God doing that? Show that he was God. Some people would fall out. Boom, stay down. They're stiff as boards. You couldn't even bend them. And they had to put them in the back of trucks and station wagons to get them home. My cousin got born again, and he was calling on God. He fell out on the floor, had a buku dollar heroin habit, got up off the floor completely delivered, completely healed, preaching the gospel everywhere he went. He came down to our Bible study when we lived in Norwalk and, and gave his testimony. God is so good. See, but we forget about all those things. And here's what he's telling him. The second thing, he said, number two, march against them. See, a lot of times we don't, God, do something about my enemy. He said, no, you march against them. He's going to show you how to march against them. We're afraid to march against them. They, they will be climbing up the path of this, and you will find them, three, find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jeru. Sometimes you will not have to fight this battle. Ooh, watch this. Take up your position. Well, I'm not supposed to fight. Why am I going to take? Take up your position in prayer. Take up your position in prayer. Take an offensive position, not defensive. We're so, we're so used to having to defend ourselves against the enemy. You know what? The enemy is under your feet. Stomp your foot right now where you're at. He's under your feet. Yes, ma'am. Can you explain to me, um, I, this one is one I, really, I don't know. Can you explain to me how you take that offensive position? I will tell you right now. Watch. We'll see it. No. We're going to let the Bible interpret the Bible. Watch this. And you find them. Number one, you've got to find them at the end of the gorge. Then you'll have to fight this battle, take up your positions. And we're going to tell you, and stand firm. Number five, take up the position five and then stand firm. Notice that the key there is in standing firm. You might pray the fourth watch, third watch, second watch, but this is a watch. What's that? The fourth step was find them. Now I'm reading out of the NIV, so it might say a little different in your version of the Bible. Stand firm. I used to teach this thing to the teens. Stand firm. Now stand firm. Now watch this. And see the deliverance of the Lord that he'll give you. Now watch this. Let me share something with you. Now I'm going to let it interpret this. Those of you that hate to pray are going to hate what I'm saying now. Because you stand firm, you take up your position in prayer. Where do you see your deliverance? First in prayer. Because God gives sight. Now watch this. Remember the rules of faith. If you've been with the school of the Bible on Thursday nights at 8 o'clock, we, we understand that faith is the substance of things hoped for. Hope gives vision. See? But a lot of times we've got to be in the Word and in prayer in order to get the vision so we can have substance to what we see. Because God gives you direction to see where you're going. Let me tell you again. God gives direction to where you're going because he gives substance. Can I tell you something? His Word. Watch. Heaven and earth shall pass away. I'm going to tell you how important his Word is. 
Heaven and earth shall pass away, but his word remains forever. That word is the concrete that you can stand on that will sustain you through everything. So prayer, open your Bible till you find yourself and then begin to pray the word. What are the five things? One of the five things we do with the word. We read the word, we study the word, we speak the word, we pray the word, and we worship the word or pray it. Five things with the word. Hmm? So you might have, I, there's, there's, there's more than just five. But I'm giving you praise and worship here because this has to do with praise. So there are five things that I always teach you that, that we do with the Word. We speak the Word. Now, isn't that true? We pray the Word, number two. We read the Word and we study the Word. Isn't that true? See, we've got to get into the Word. A lot of times we don't like the Bible. It's boring. Sure it is. We read, we study, we speak, we pray, and we worship the Word. What is the other one that you said? And you share the Word. So that you speak the word, you share the word. But listen, we worship with the word. Lord, can you find the, the psalm and you worship God in the psalm? You know, David says, man, life sucks today. I feel like I'm the fifth wheel in life today. Life is no good. The wicked are prospering. How many of David know David's been doing that? He says, God, I will come to you. My flesh longs for you. My, my soul just longs for you. And I will come into your house and into your temple and worship you all the day long. Why? Because the righteous have never been forsaken nor is seed begging bread. How many know you have to remind the Lord and strengthen yourself in the Lord? See, but watch this. You, it's in prayer. Now watch this. Or just in life. Watch this. And see the deliverance of the Lord will give you. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid or be discouraged. That's number... Okay, that's number seven is don't be afraid. Number eight is don't be discouraged. Number nine is go out. And face tomorrow. And face them tomorrow. But I like to say, and face tomorrow. Some people don't look forward to tomorrow. What's that? Okay, I'll give it number six. Well, you're way back there. Watch. Take up your positions. Stand firm is five. And see is six. The deliverance of the Lord. Oh, Judah, Jerusalem. I'm playing with you too. Do, number seven. Not be afraid. Don't be afraid is number seven. Oh, Judah, Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Or number eight is discouraged. Number nine is go out and face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. Number ten, God is with you. Isn't that amazing? You take all those steps, God's with you. Isn't that amazing that in, in the book of Peter, it tells you the things you add to your faith by the time you get to verse ten? If you, if you live in these things, you'll never fail. How many here don't want to fail? Guess what? You have to, be, you have to live a life that is fully committed, yes. Okay, amen. Now watch this. Silver dollar bar, indeed. I remember. No. Now watch this. Now we're going to start over. No, I'm going to start the numbers again. I'll give them to you right now. Without George, I don't know how much time I have. Now watch this. The, the, where, where's that person that was just saying I'm over? It's in the flesh right here. Who's, who's already, whose flesh has already run out of gas here? You'll sit down and watch Lord of the Rings for three hours, but if the word goes more than an hour, you're like, wow, when's he going to finish? Now watch it. I'm playing. I'm playing. Watch. I hate being in a movie that's only 90 minutes. I'm saying, what the heck? Why come it's over already? What happened to all the rest of this? Right. Oh, watch. He said, listen is number one. Number two, he said, march. Number one is listen. 
Now watch. Number two is March. Number three is find your enemy. So in other words, you don't just look at the circumstance. What is the cause of the circumstance? What's, what's inside of you that just, you find him at the end of the gorge, in the desert. Now, number four, take up your position. Once you've got your position, stand firm. Take your position, number four, five, is stand firm. Number six, see the deliverance of the Lord that he'll give you. No, see, now, you now that's prayer. Now, you know why? Because he says that he will give you. Number one, in other words, seeing precedes what you will get. Isn't that amazing? You might think, oh, okay, I'll get it all to know. Seeing precedes what God's going to give you. Yes. Oh, visioning. God, see, the Bible says that he'll give you, that you will have abundantly above all you can ask means, or think. That word think means imagine. In other words, if you could see it already, God's going to make it bigger than what you can see. He does. That's why, you know what? That's why sometimes when we release things into offerings, not only do I see our church benefiting from where it goes, but I see my life benefiting from where it goes. I've got to see it. Uh, you know what? Can I tell you something? Can I use a harvest? Heck yeah, I, can need, I need a harvest now, big time. But you know what? We give towards that harvest and we receive it. I don't look at what I don't have. I have to look at the deliverance that the Lord has for me. Amen? Now watch this. Number six, okay, see the deliverance. Number seven, don't be afraid. Number eight, don't be discouraged. A lot of times we say, man, I've been doing this. It feels like I'm boxing the air. Well, that's what Paul said too. But you live a life with purpose. See? Number eight is do not be discouraged. Number seven is don't be afraid. Number nine is go out and face your enemy. A lot of you have to go out. Lord, I need a job. Go out and get it. Go get it. It's yours. Well, I don't like my situation at work. Walk in full of the kingdom power of God. Speak peace to the situation. Speak, command the spirit of witchcraft to leave. You know the spirit of witchcraft that's all, of, all about the office politics. They want to talk about you? Praise God because it stills the mouth of the avenger. They'll try to talk smack about you end up talking a bunch of good stuff about you. They won't know what changed their mind. Just praise God. Now watch this. Number nine, go out and face them. And number ten, the Lord will be with you. And also with you. Now watch this. 122. I don't know what time I started, but we're past the time. Next week we'll start number one again with Jehoshaphat because we're going to take our numbers again. Because, see, I taught this series with, with youth a long time ago. Uh, this, this was one of my favorite Bibles here because I, used, I wrote all my notes. And I know them not because I know chapter and verse, but because I see the writings that I put in there. And, and, and last week the Lord talked to us about the word, the, the sower sows the word. Did you know the context is what our hearts and minds do to receive the word? It's not just, everyone says, the subject is the word. No, the subject is not the word. But you know why? We try to make it all about, about us. No, it's not us. We're not the subject either. The word is, man, is how, the subject is how the word affects your heart. Receive it. Can I tell you, boneheaded people who don't want to change, hard-headed people, the word comes, is, um, your, is your mind and heart a wayside? 
or you're, you, it's a well-traveled road. I'm not going to change for anybody. The devil comes in immediately. He takes it. doesn't even get sown. I like the stony ground. You know what the stony ground is talking about? The heart. It's talking because there's no progeny. What happens is, you know when the word first starts to work in your heart. How many know when the word first starts working in your heart? There's all kinds of rocks and, and unsettled, unplowed areas. How many know they're just, well, some people just, they sow there and they only sow once. Which means that if there's no fruit. Did you know that the more fruit there is and more it produces, it begins to soften that ground? So what happens is that they quickly take root. They have small faith, which is a short burst of faith. Not only is it small in quantity, but it's a short burst. Just like Peter had a short burst. He walked out on the water. It was just a burst enough. And he said, where's your faith? It was here a minute ago. Now it's not. It was a burst. It's like, you know, it's like some of our cars sometimes. It looks like it goes good. And then you have to feather it. I mean, remember the old days, carburetor, you feather it. Take off. Well, what happened was, that's what they have in stony ground, that it's just, it just shows up real quick like a firework. And then it's, oh, it's a short burst of faith. And, and, it's, and it's small. Because, you know, you go to the word where it says it's a small seed of a, of a, of a, that is as small as a mustard seed can move a mountain. So it's not just the quantity, it's the burst of the tininess of, the, of, of that. But if, you, if, you, if there's a lot of word sown continually, there's going to be fruit. There's progeny that's attached to that so that the word, you allow the, the stoniness of your heart to begin to change so that eventually you become the good soil that produces 30, 1600 fold. You have to grow. So anyway, we talked about that last week. We're going to kind of join into those things because I'm going to tell you something. We've got to defeat the devil where we're at. You know how you defeat the devil? You stand up and enforce his defeat. He lost. Keep moving. He lost. Keep moving. You know that praise steals the mouth of the avenger. Just begin to praise God. Thank you that you saved me. Thank you that I'm set free. Thank you, Father, that your word is in me. Thank you that your presence is in me all the time. Thank you, Father, that I put you first in all things. You say, well, maybe I don't. I feel like a liar. Nope. Right now, do you mean that? Yes, you're in the presence of God. I mean that. I want to put him first. How many ever start out putting him first and end up putting yourself first by the end of the day? How many? We all do that. Come on now. Don't look at me like, oh, no, not me. No, yes, you do. You're all like us. We're all human beings. But you know when you pick them up again, you realize that you're first. If Father, forgive me for putting me first, but here you are. Lord, what do you want me to do next? Do you know that what you do on your job, you don't have to always pray about what you're doing next. It's because he's already in you. The things and the wisdom that you operate in, just like, just like King Solomon operated in, operates in the wisdom of God. You don't always have to stop and say, well, let me say, no, you just know what to do next. At the end of the day, glory to God. Thank you, Lord. You find yourself in a hard spot. You say, Father, okay, I'm going to stop. I'm not going to be afraid. I'm not going to be discouraged. And what? He's there. What do I do next? Take these steps. Use them. You'll find them in Second Chronicles chapter 20. Get the NIV if you want to look. You know what? We live in computer age. Find the NIV Bible and find this teaching there. But I didn't use King James back then. Back in the day, I was using, the only thing I used is, is, the, is, the, King, is uh, the King James. I used to use the, the New International all the time. I use different Bibles. I like the ISV and I like the NET. And, and, but the King James, something about the King James, sometimes just gives it to you powerfully. Bam! It just, it just hits like nothing else. And see, what you do is if you're in the Word enough, when, when you say, well, it's boring, get a CD of, of your favorite teacher and go to every scripture he gets. In other words, go to CD or, or go to, go to talkshoe.com, look at my generation, 114-112045, and get, get the recording that's on there. If it's, if it's been clear here, You'll, you'll get the whole teaching on TalkShoe. You can go and, and visit and listen to it again and again and again. So you can get on the Internet. Any questions or comments before we dismiss? How many got something out of this? I did, man. I was, I was excited about this. See, we're, we're a church that's going to make an impact in this world. 
and we're going to grow. I want you to be the foundation. I want you to be the movers and shakers that will help us get to where we're supposed to get. Um, so many people are afraid. Talk to your audience. Thank you. It's been a pleasure having you with us. In the name of Jesus, may the word of God prosper and grow in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
with Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.